This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. It's so good to be with you again, and we are beginning a new little journey. Um, We're actually using a couple different resources. The first is The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy, and then another book by him called Resolving Everyday Conflict. The sad reality is is that we all in different spheres of our life are going to deal with disagreements, conflicts, um, arguments, fights, however you want to classify it, however you want to talk about it, and they'll be to varying degrees. Some of you are going to have a work environment in which you just have somebody that you work with that it seems like you're always engaging in a non-productive, non-healthy way. It could be that you have family members that you haven't spoken to in years or that when you do talk with them, it, it, it always spirals into a, a negative interaction. And so the bottom line is, and the people in, in the room here are not exempt from this, we all need work in how to deal with conflicts in our life. And so for the next little while, we're going to take a little journey about how to deal with conflict in a biblical way. But before we get to the positive, I'm going to warn you, this is the disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Today and probably even tomorrow is going to be a little bit more on the negative side. It's kind of like the gospel. In order to have good news, you you do have to wait through the bad news for the good news to, to make sense. So we are going to today look really at what are the causes, generally speaking, broadly categorized, of conflict in our life. And Ken Sandy really breaks it down into four different categories, and that's where we're going to spend our time today. And so the first one that he mentions is poor communication, and he uses Joshua 22 as an example, but fellas, what what is the the difficulty that arises because of poor communication? How how do you flesh that out? Well, I think there's a variety. You can say the wrong thing at the wrong way at the wrong time and, and create conflict, sometimes unintentionally. Uh, that's just one simple way because uh, anytime there's two people, we've got two-way communications, senders and receivers on that. You add multiple people into a conversation, all of a sudden you've got multiple lines and all, there's all kinds of ways but it, uh, it's it's essentially when a message sent uh, is either interpreted incorrectly or maybe poorly sent my guess is all of us have been in those moments where realize somebody else is upset with you and you're like I, i'm not exactly sure what happened and then when you kind of just trace it back you find out they'll say well you said and i'm like wait what but I didn't say that. No, you did. And then you realize that it was not something that you said as much as how it was heard. Mm-hmm. 
and how it was perceived. And there's a saying, perception is reality. Mm-hmm. And in communication, it's not always the words that were used. It was how it was heard that probably makes more of the difference. Yeah, very often you you have to repeat back what um, you heard. So I hear you saying this. You, yep. So that's you're looking for some clarification because uh, misunderstanding happens easily. You know, I mean, and not only are there misunderstandings, but there's there's just plain differences of the way. Uh, somebody does something, you know. There, I mean, we have different values. We, you know, we start we start at a different point on this whole spectrum, you know. So I'm a, I'm starting here, and you're starting from you know somewhere where I was two years ago, mm-hmm. and so now we're both trying to get up to speed at the same point, and so there is a there is a tension sometimes in the air because you're assuming somebody knows something that they don't know. And this is probably one of those common sources of uh, conflict just in, uh, you know, as our day-to-day lives being married, you know, God rarely brings two people together that operate on the exact same wavelength and have the exact same understanding and viewpoint in life. And, uh, and so Eventually, a lot of sources of conflict yeah. in, in the home surround either something being said wrongly or something being heard wrongly or a combination of the two. You know, eventually two become one, and and right, and, eventually, know, and and usually one dominates, and one personality dominates in that point. But uh, yeah, it, it is dif- difficult, and then, you know, there's oftentimes we talked off air. There's disputes within families sometimes that come up. There's disputes even in the church. I mean. I mean, you could write a whole book on, I think actually there have been books written on resolving uh, church <laughs> conflicts. So, But a lot of it comes from misunderstanding. And I would just throw in very quickly before we move on to the other causes of conflict that I don't think that technology is actually helping us in this category. Right. That communication through text, communication through email is no substitute to face-to-face communication because it's so easy to misunderstand, misapply, misconstrue things that come without emotion and feeling and context and, and the ability to read another human being. And oftentimes we assign motive. And I, my constant refrain is, um, I'm not going to dare to try to think that I know somebody else's motive because a lot of times I don't even know my own. Mm-hmm. Um, how would I think that I actually understand somebody else's? So and it doesn't matter how many emojis we attach to those messages. Yes, and old we can't people get the like me behind. don't know that there right. are certain rules. Like, oh, you said okay. I'm like, yeah, because it was okay, <laughs> it, or fine, or whatever. I'm like, I, I don't mean anything by that other than that's that's fine. That's great. Yeah. I just and, adopted an all caps policy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> constantly yeah. yelling at people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it, it really does help to look in somebody's eyes, and um, you know, oftentimes and too, true too. Sometimes conflict is caused by other people defending you or speaking for you uh, in ways that you wouldn't speak. I used to tell family members, you don't have the grace to fight my battle. I need to be able to look that person in the eye and then read that person. You know, you Mm -hmm. have to be a student of somebody else's heart in order to have a conversation with them. The second cause of conflict that Sandy talks about is differences in values, goals, gifts, calling, priorities, expectation, interests, or opinion. 
and he's citing from Acts 15 and 1 Corinthians 12. And I would just start by saying God has created incredible diversity. And even though we're supposed to have unity, he has not called us to uniformity. Yes. And sometimes a desire for unity does move towards uniformity and that can be a source of, of conflict, that we all have to think alike and act alike and behave alike and have the same personality and interests and, and all of that. So how would you then develop some of that? I think the, the helpful thing is to think through some of these items and, and to elevate them and where they're at. So a, a conflict based on opinion can be an either or, especially if there's no moral imperative. But what I found often is value-based conflict are some of the most difficult because mm. you're dealing with an intrinsic, interior commitment of the heart with another in, uh, human being. In fact, one of, the, one of the most difficult church conflicts I had before we recognized that it was value-based was between my lead pastor and me as an associate pastor, and we were arguing over a, a Friday night program. I had a children's ministry thing I wanted to do, and he had a recovery thing he wanted to do, and we were arguing over this, and it got heated in, in the legit we got caught in the logistics but what we were really arguing was the values in our ministries mm -hmm. me on the children's side and him on the recovery side once mm -hmm. we recognized that we were able to discern at that point what the greater value was and in, in line with the mission and vision of our church and then we were able to work through it mm -hmm. i've also often seen in the church that areas of giftedness along with that yeah. value then can cause conflict because maybe my gift is hospitality then I think everybody, that should be yeah, their highest sure. priority. My gift is evangelism. Therefore, everybody's yeah. gift needs to be. My gift is, our, my love is studying the Bible. Everybody's first priority needs to be to be in Bible study. So it, it's interesting to me that these good things can cause some pretty significant conflicts because then the next step is, oh, you're not a very good Christian because you don't care about mm -hmm evangelism mm -hmm. you don't care about fellowship you don't care about hospitality but really what they're saying is you don't care about it as much as i care about it and my opinion about how much you should prioritize it is more important than what you have prioritized and so it's this differences really that aren't wrong all of these choices probably are great mm -hmm. but our own personalities our own tendencies our own value system comes into play and can cause some of that conflict mm -hmm. one of the passages that uh, sandy referenced here in acts 15 I've always been encouraged that god put that in mm -hmm. the bible for us and it's where the apostle paul and barnabas have a big argument over a man named john mark because he had kind of he had left them earlier in their ministry after you know they're being sent again barnabas wants to take him paul says no he's abandoned us and they have the big argument and they go separate ways. And um, Barnabas takes John Mark, and Paul takes Titus. Mm -hmm. Look at here, yeah. Through that, though, we see there's this initial conflict, but then we don't see the actual <laughs> reconciliation, but we know it's there, because later Paul wants John Mark to be with him. He commends him, and mm -hmm. we also see God working through this. And I would one of the people I look forward to meeting in glory one day is, is Barnabas. Yeah. Because here, he through his, he, he, he labored with Paul. He helped train Paul in many respects. He also, uh, God used him to work in the life of John Mark, that John Mark is one of the gospel writers. And we have one of the gospels from this man who was once 
Yeah, anathema, according to Paul. Now, doesn't and, uh, uh, so doesn't Barnabas' name mean son of son encouragement? Of encouragement. Yeah. And yep. so, I mean, he really did model that name he in did. terms of what he did. The third category of conflict that Sandy gives is that competition over limited resources such as time or money is a frequent source of disputes in families, churches, and businesses. And I don't know about you guys, but there have been times in my life where finances are more tight than others. Mm. And that does put a strain on, well, you, you can't have everything mm-hmm. because you can't. Mm-hmm. And so there is this competition of resources. And, and that then that, leads to disagreements and, and about how to spend them. Mm-hmm. That that happens in churches too. I remember, you know, a church that I attended when I was in seminary and you know, they they wanted to beautify the interior of the church. They wanted to, you know, they were doing some remodeling and of course people were there were some on one side that were upset that you would spend money on this when it could be going toward missions or something else. And yet, you know, if you climb the stairs, you know, there was uh, duct tape holding the the edge, the edge, the seam together. So, you you know, you realize that you know, people do have priorities and those things had to be worked out uh, to a, a good end. But, you know, the, I mean, in the end, it was... We we want to beautify the bride. We want you know the, we're the bride of Christ. We're the, we represent Christ in this area. And you know when mm-hmm. somebody comes in, they need to see the beauty of the bride. Mm-hmm. We're running short on time a little bit today, so we want to just mention the fourth one, and we'll come back tomorrow and unpack this a little bit. But the fourth category of conflict that Sandy will mention is that it's just. Sinful, uh, sinful attitudes. The direct results of sinful attitudes and behavior. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you guys because I'm having trouble reading apparently. <laughs> um, and we will unpack that tomorrow. See you tomorrow.